What's up, everyone from all around the world, including Canada, USA, Long Island, plus the five boroughs of Brooklyn, Bronx, Manhattan, Staten Island, and Queens. I'm here to guide and help you about Anchor. Anchor is a free hosting site and phone app, which is owned by Spotify. It's the easiest, awesome way to make a podcast. Why are you wasting your money paying for a hosting site to promote your podcast with limited storages? Forget about it. Let me break it down to you. There's creation tools that allow you to record, edit, monetize, add music, intros, music outros, especially distribute your podcast to streaming platforms, uploading episodes with limited storages of your podcast right from your phones, computers, laptops, and tablets. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Plus, you get paid some money in your pocket from sponsorships. Excellent. These are the keys you need to make a podcast, including the listeners supporting your show. That way, you can listen to the episodes of my show, Off the Meat Rack Chain's New York podcast, the unfiltered comedy entertainment show about the stories mixed with entertainment news, music, real life segments, and much more. Now. Where can you find, follow, and listen to the show, you ask? You can follow the podcast on Facebook and Instagram, all in one word, off the Meat Rat Chains New York podcast. Alongside with my other show, Meticulous Vibe Juice Podcast, and my primary handle, G Money Stacks 555 in Queens, New York. Now, the streaming platforms goes like this. We are on Anchor. Audio Burst, Breaker, Podorama, Listen Notes, Spotify, Stitcher, Deezer, Podchaser, Pocket Cast, Podcast Addict, Player FM, TuneIn, Reason FM. We are on Podfriend, Podorama, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, and YouTube. If you have a dream of creating and becoming a podcaster like myself and individual friends that is co-hosting with me, go download the free Anchor app or you can check out anchor.fm to get started. Take advantage of the opportunity that's thrown in your face. If I could do it and reach success, so can you. I'm G Money Stacks. Thank you for listening. Let's go.
Hey, good evening, good evening, good evening, USA, International, Canada. And here the Greginator, YouTuber, creator, host of the most, Mr. Mad, unstoppable independent podcaster and rookie podcaster of Laurelton, Queens, New York. And you're rocking and hanging out with me on the 204th episode of Off the Meat Rack Chains New York podcast. A space for comedy, various topics of news. Um, there's there's music news, the real life stuff, along with everything else that's being discussed here. Um, only thing I'm going to be keeping out is dirty politics and stuff so um so yeah um now um i do apologize for delaying episode 204 because um i was actually uh i was very tired from um a long day of work and i had to actually um actually um hold in and stuff i was like you know what I might have to do. I might. I might do this anyway. So, um, so listen, uh, folks, if you are new to the YouTube universe and you miss any previous, um, episodes whatsoever, new or, or latest, feel free to, um, catch up on the episodes. Um, we're live and direct from Streamyard, alongside with YouTube and alongside with myself. It's the Instagram live feed of the podcast show page on the gram so make sure you turn on your notifications so, so you can be in the know of when i'm going to be on instagram live and of course youtube and alongside with when the episodes are going to be dropping um this episode 204 will be will be um will be ready for tomorrow so i'm gonna actually make sure i record today actually um so so you folks should actually get something to listen to um the next day so um yes go to the youtube channel page of g money stacks 555 where you see all the new york episodes on there upload it and post it to the youtube channel page um yes grab that subscribe button tap that noni noni bell so you give me your money on when the show goes in the air via live stream alongside with um the topics that's being discussed, more of your content, upcoming episodes, previous episodes, and of course, share the episodes, share the videos, and of course, tell a friend to another friend, and I will handle the rest on where you can listen to these episodes on, on every streaming platform at the end of the show. Now, um, I'm gonna address something. I'm gonna address something, but not right, not right now, though. Um, as far as like what I was going through, but I'm not gonna do it today because I want to get the whole takeoff story out the way. But first, gotta get into some New York Mass Transit files right here, man. So let's get into it right here, the New York Mass Transit files segment. So let's do this.
All right. First main topic in New York Mass Transit news that we got to discuss is about the MTA who wants to actually um, try to get the feds to open up more contracts to wealthier minority and women-owned businesses. So here's what's happening here. The MTA is calling on the feds to, to open up availability of government contracts to more millionaires as a means of growing its pool of minority and women-owned businesses, business enterprises, enterprise vendors. MTA contract is certified under the MWBE program, um, must be women and or a member of a recognized racial or ethnic minority group. But firm principles also cannot be, no, excuse me, cannot have a personal net worth of more than $15 million per authority um, procurement rules. That cap was raised in recent years up from $3 million, but the issue becomes thornier for the sprawling transit agency because of the Fed's much lower personnel, personal net worth cap of a measly $1.32 million, given the, the intricate song and dance played by the different levels of government. On Wednesday, MTA Chair um, General Lever told assembled um, dignitaries at the Conference of Minority Transportation Officials Legislative um, Reference in Midtown that he believes the Fed's cap is too low and effectively limits the pool of MWBE contractors that can be hired. Um, in quote, we're trying not to exclude companies rather than to push them out. Lever told the room as attendees munched on scrambled eggs and sipped coffee. Now that's why we support what um, Comto has put on its legislative agenda to get that cap raised because it needs in the DBE category which is the federal projects a lot of a lot more folks to participate with um our programs um when the mca accepts federal funds for a capital project it has to um follow federal procurement rules the authority often relies relies to an extent on federal money for some of its biggest projects like the Second Avenue subway, East Side Access, and the revitalization of Penn Station. The Federal Department of Transportation has proposed raising the net worth cap for federal disadvantaged business enterprise contractors from $1.32 million to $1.6 million. But those in the industry say that having a puny seven figure net worth excludes too many people in the contracting sphere and doesn't count for the high cost of doing business in New York relative to the rest of this, the rest of the country. Um, we support efforts to increase the personal net worth cap and we and think it's the right direction. 
the federal government is heading in, said uh, Elise Faber, senior policy director at the General Contractors Association of New York. If anything, they should make it a, a larger personnel, personal net worth cap in the metropolitan area. Um, because the cost of doing business here is so much higher. It's not the same doing business in New York as it is doing business business in the middle of the country, where the wage rates and cost structure are very different. An MTA spokesperson declined to comment beyond Lieber's Tuesday remarks, including as to whether the MTA is lobbying the federal government on behalf of the proposed cap increase. The MTA ranks number one among state agencies in dollars paid to certified MWBEs um, in the Big Apple, Lieber said at the breakfast, with $1.38 billion being doled out to its pool of contractors in the 2020-21 fiscal year. Overall, the Transit Authority has had what some might describe as a notorious history of contract overruns and ballooning project costs, though the MCA says that all changed on the Lieber's watch over the past five years in his various roles within the authority. Nevertheless, government watchdogs say that opening up to more firms, even wealthier ones, could make the bidding process more competitive and thus more transparent. You want to have as many people bidding on contracts as possible because that that lowers the cost for the MTA and therefore that lowers the cost for the riders, said Rachel um, Foss, policy advisor at the Watchdog Group um, Reinvent Albany. If they raise the threshold for MWBE vendors. That actually means more MWBE can bid on the contracts. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. Up next, Metro North. Yes, Metro North. Um, yes. The Metro North Commuter Railroad will adopt laser train technology this fall to clear seasonal debris building up on its tracks, such as wet leaves and slimy pectin residue. The zapping work train first used on the Long Island Railroad in 2018 utilizes high intensity lasers to clear um, autumn, autumnal um, um, detritus from the rails, preventing foliage seasons scourge of slip slide and flat wheels and leaving behind a clean shiny rail for commuters well never has um collaboration between the two sisters um railroads been more pronounced said metro north president catherine rinaldi this is a technology that was pioneered by the long island railroad in 2018 and is poised to become an important part of Metro North's efforts to combat leaf season 
slip slide and flat wheels. Metro North's um, laser train is currently sitting in customs, but will be deployed soon. And all he said, the railroad will pilot um, using a pew pew choo choo at higher speeds than are used than are used on the LIRR. The LIRR said in 2020 that the use the use of laser trains had reduced autumnal delays due to wheel adhesion by 79% compared to two years earlier, led to fewer cars being taken out of service due to flat wheels and led to savings in labor costs related to fixing wheels. As the season change, the seasons change and leads fall onto the tracks, we're glad to hear um, that both railroads are sharing best practices to minimize the impacts of mother nature on riders, said Cara um, Girl, research associate for the Permanent Citizens Advisory Committee to the NTA. The new laser trains on Metro North are a great example of what's possible when the railroads use shared technology and ideas to solve common issues. Okay, let's see what else. Let's see what else can we um, let me see. Okay, what else? Hold on a second. I hope I let me make sure I forget nothing. Okay. Okay. Actually, yeah. Hold on a minute. Hold on. Okay, let me sure I covered. <clears throat> All right, wait for it. Okay, here it is. Here it is. I got it. So, um, okay, so let's get into, okay, let's get into another segment right here, um, called chatting on the jazz, starting with takeoff, the passing of takeoff, man, you know what I mean, let's get into it right now. All right. Um, okay, we have some we have some unfortunate news to get to in the music world right here, and this is involving um, this, this is involving um, a a particular 
a particular rapper from the group uh, from the group Migos. Um, Takeoff, actually. Um, okay, so here's what here was happening. Here's what's happening with um the recent um passing with Takeoff. All right, so let's get into this. So. In a new video, you can hear Quavo on the phone, presumably with a 911 operator, and he's asking, what does she need to do? A woman on the scene has said she was a nurse and was offering to help take off. In emergency audio obtained by TMZ, you hear dispatchers discussing the incident, saying five shots were fired and reviewing the initial, the initial caller said they heard gunshots and people screaming. Take off one third of the Meagles is dead after an early morning shooting in Houston, TMZ Hip Hop has confirmed. Law enforcement sources and multiple witnesses tell us the fatal incident went down shortly after 2.30 a.m. That's when cops got the call for a man shot at a bowling alley called um a 10 billiards and bowling houston um we're told takeoff and quaver were there playing dice when an altercation broke out and that's when someone opened fire shooting takeoff either in the head or near his head he was pronounced dead on the screen TMZ Hip Hop has obtained footage from the scene, and you can see Quavo in an orange shirt and others gathered around takeoff. At the first, they tried to move him, but then put him back down, and Quavo yelled for someone to get help. Police tell, tell us two other people were shot and were taken to the hospital in private vehicles. We do not know their conditions. Quavo was, was not injured. Um, just a couple hours before the shooting, Takeoff posted a pic of himself lining up at the bowling alley. Quavo had posted um, video several hours earlier as he drove around Houston with Jazz Prince, who was celebrating his birthday. We're told Jazz was not with Quavo and Takeoff when the shooting of, when the shooting happened. Takeoff, whose real name is Kershnik Kari Ball was the youngest member of Migos. Quavo was his uncle and Offset his cousin. They came together as a group in 2008 in Georgia and became multi-platinum hit makers. Dropping their first major hit, Versace, in 2013, they would hit number one on the Billboard in 2016 with Bad and Bougie. And most recently, Quavo and Takeoff had released a project as a du as a duo on um, few. They had just released their latest music video, Messy, on Monday. And Takeoff was 28, rest in power. All right, so let's get into the cause and effect. Let's get into the cause and effect on how he got killed. Let's get into the cause and effect right here. That's why I had to do research on this. Um. Anyway. Um. Okay, so cops are trying to trying to piece together the argument that escalated to the point of gunfire and the fatal shooting of takeoff and the tri trivia trivia 
trivial of the whole thing is just mind-boggling. Law enforcement um, sources tell us angry words were exchanged between Quavo and others after he lost in a dice game at the bowling alley. We're told they took the argument outside and somehow they began jawboning over who could beat who at basketball. That lines up with the video obtained by the TMZ in which you can hear Quavo become increasingly frustrated talking about um, basketball and assuring the group he'd win. Um, from there is when things hit a breaking point. Quavo begins to walk away and then our sources say a punch was thrown. Suddenly, at least 10 shots ring out. It appears multiple weapons were fired, striking three people take off fatally. Yeah. Um, so no arrests have been made and cops haven't publicly named a suspect. However, in another video obtained by TMZ, you can see man, one man in the group holding and then raising his gun. Cops tell, tell us he's currently a person of interest. Okay, takeoffs, Meagle, Meagle's groupmates have not yet made public statements about his death. Now, there's a person who was a nurse, so I want to get to that one right there. Let's get to the woman that's a nurse. Let's get to that one. Um, hang on a second. Let's get to... Um, so, okay, so, yes, there's a, so there's a coroner and a nurse, so let's get to, let's do the nurse first, actually. So, okay, so takeoff of Atlanta Retrio Migos was shot and killed in downtown Houston on Tuesday outside of 810 Billiards and Bowling Alley. An, an infusion nurse whose identity has remained confidential but lives near the Bowling Alley heard gunshots from her apartment and rushed to take off's aid. Unfortunately, due to the severity of the gunshot wound, she was unable to aid the rapper. Damn. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's pretty that's pretty sad. Um at about 2.34 a.m., shots were fired and takeoff was hit, dying just outside the doors of the bowling alley. We said during a press conference, two other individuals, a man and a woman, were shot and treated at a local hospital for non-life-threatening injuries. Houston police said the shooting stemmed from an argument and it, it, and it is unknown who intended who the intended target of the shooting was. Kershnick Kari Ball, age 28, known more commonly as the internationally internationally famous rapper Takeoff, was at a private event with me with Migos and friends at the time of the incident. Takeoff, the more reserved member of the Migos, is the latest high-profile death of hip-hop artists. Um, I live close by and I heard pow, 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 pow. And it stopped and I went, that's so weird. So I got up in my pajamas, 
go go over to the balcony. My neighbors were underneath me. I said, "Did y'all hear that?" And they said, "Yeah." And I said, "I don't think that was a car or a fire or firecrackers. That sounded like gunshots." She explained. The nurse later explained that she saw people running from the area, but she only left her apartment after she realized that she that the cries and screams were screams heard were coming from Quavo, another member of the Migos and Takeoff's uncle. After realizing the man had been shot, but unaware that it was Takeoff, the nurse ran to the trunk of her car and grabbed some supplies to help. You can hear my voice in the, in a video yelling, I'm I'm a nurse. No, 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 I'm a nurse because I wanted to let them know, she said, I was scared, but I had to go. I could not have lived with myself if I knew I had the equipment to save his life and I didn't, she said. By the time the nurse got to the scene, it was too late. After checking checking Takeoff's pulse numerous times, she confirmed that he was already dead. His head was way up and his eyes were rolled back and fixed, she said. And I saw a pile of blood behind his head. Unable to assist the rapper, she waited, she waited on the scene until the police and ambulance arrived. Houston Mayor Sylvester Turner and the Houston Police Department Chief Troy Finner have asked the community for help in identifying Takeoff's killer. No arrests has been have been made at the t at this time. We have no reason to believe that he was involved in any criminal at the time, Chief Finner said of Takeoff. He takeoff didn't do anything, man. You know what I'm saying? He didn't do anything to deserve that shit, though. But um, anyway, I just want to say something to our city, Houston, and every brother and sister in the neighborhoods. Houston Police Department Chief Troy Finnis said, "I'm calling you to action to step up." There were 40 people at least at this event, and people left possibly out of fear. I ask you one thing. And I want this to resonate with everybody. What if it was your brother? And if it was your son, you will want somebody to step up. So please step up. As you as you have heard, this was a private party last night of about 40 people in that group. Somebody or the people who the people know who the actual shooter or shooters were, said Houston Mayor. Sylvester Turner, let me just ask, like it, like it has already been asked, that anyone who has information on the shooter or shooters to, to, to provide that information to HPD and let us solve this situation. The Harris County Medical Examin Examiner's Office listed the manner of death as homicide with penetrating gunshot wounds of head and torso into the arm stated as the cause of death of his death. The nurse who continues to remain anonymous hopes that some good will come of the killing. I just want to want something good to come out of this. I want somebody to know that good people sometimes show up just because this is not my son, but it is but it still hurts me that it's some somebody's son, she said. And I'm digging for answers. I want to know. Um, OK. 
Okay. Now we go to the coroner. Now we go to the coroner. All right. So a coroner has officially reviewed that Migos rapper Taker was shot several times in the head and torso, resulting in death. Harris County Medical Examiner listed takeoffs cause of death as penetrating gunshot wounds of the head and torso into his arm. Takeoff was gunned down Tuesday morning following an argument that occurred as he was leaving a Houston bowling alley. According to a video that was released at the time of the shooting, viewers can see Takeoff's uncle and fellow Migos rapper in a heated argument. It is believed that the 28-year-old victim was not um, directly involved in the altercation. No, he wasn't. Um, police are still investigating who fired the shots that ended the artist's life. Local officials have not, local officials have asked the public for their assistance. I'm asking for any of the persons who were at this this private party that have information on a shooter or shooters, please provide that information to HPD, HPD, and let us solve it. Mayor Sylvester Turner said, "We will solve this particular case." Um. So yes. Um. Now, there's a chart. Um. This is crazy. It's crazy how they posted this shit, though, man. It's crazy they. It's crazy that they posted this shit, but um, but it was yeah, but it was with a homicide, yeah. So I don't know why they would actually put this online, but no, it's just listen, listen, man. I know certain people would say it's disrespectful to actually, you know, put out a picture of something graphic or what went down or whatever, but. At the same time, everybody was everybody was going to see this shit anyway. Everybody, including the people in in news companies, news media outlets, was going to actually you know report this anyway. So there's no there's no really a, there's no actual way to actually avoid not reporting this because that's part of their job. You know, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's just it's crazy though man but anyway let me keep going man um yes so let me see so yeah so yes 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 so um medical examiners removed a body from the third floor of 1201 st just street in houston Following a shooting that ended takeover's life. Okay, we got that. Um, so that's what it is. Um, police reportedly have one person of interest in custody, but are still looking for a possible second shooter. Senseless violence and a stray bullet has taken another life from this world, and we are devastated. Read a statement from takeoff's um rep. Police chief chief. Troy Finnish said that both of the suspects might have been guests of the private event hosted by the rapper. Oh boy. Um Yeah, um let me just say this though. Hold on a second. 
there's actually one more actually um another person that actually reacted to all this is Brooklyn rapper designer um and you know i don't really blame him and stuff so so designer has said he's quitting rap over Migos rapper take off his death and an emotional instagram live earlier on november 1st Migos star real name Kershnick Kari Ball was shot and killed at a bowling alley in Houston, Texas, in early hour, in the early hours of this morning. Designer went on Instagram after the news broke, crying and emotional. Yo, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. He said to the camera, "I can't live like this no more." Hmm. Another part of the live stream, the rapper asked, "Why? Why? Why do we do this?" Why do we do this? Why do we fucking do this? I swear, this shit ain't nothing. I'm done, rap. It's done. It's done. It's done. It's done. It's done. Not to take off, bro. It's done. Y'all wanted it. It's over. Y'all wanted it. It's over. Yeah, that's crazy, man. He also posted on his Instagram story a black screen with the words, I'm done with, I'm done, rap, alongside the fingers crossed and prayer hands emojis. Yeah. Um, in their most recent update on the shooting, Houston Police Department confirmed that a man with a gunshot wound to the head or, to or neck was pronounced dead by officers at the scene. They added that they are not releasing an identity of the deceased victim until his family and family is notified and ID verified by Harris County Institute for Forensic Science Sciences. HPD did, however, confirm that takeoff and his fellow Meagles member Quavo were in attendance at the alley at the time of the shooting. Last month, takeoff shared a new album in collaboration with Quavo titled Only Built for Infinity Links. Outside of his work with Migos, it followed his debut solo album, The Last Rocket, which was released in November 2018. Well, um, okay, there's, there's another story that I want to get to before I go into the, the, the lousy piece of shit of Elon Musk. Um, <laughs> um, okay, so. Um, all right, so Takeoff's funeral is due to take place this Friday, November 11th, in his home city of Atlanta, Georgia. The Migos rapper, real name Kershnick Kari Ball, was shot and killed at a bowling alley in Houston, Texas, in the early hours of last Tuesday, no, Tuesday morning, November 1st. He was 28 years old. It has been confirmed by a preliminary autopsy report that Takeoff died as a result of penetrating gunshot wounds of head and torso into arms. The full report is not yet complete. Takeoff will be officially laid to rest at 12 p.m. local time following a service at the 21,000 capacity State Farm Arena in Atlanta. The event is open to the public, but only residents from Georgia will be allowed to attend, and free tickets will be made available at 2 p.m. local time 
um, November 8th, which is, to, which is today, actually. Um, Jesse Kearney III, the pastor from New Mercy's Christian Church in Lilburn, um, Georgia, is set to provide the eulogy according to Channel 2 Action News. The funeral, the funeral will follow a strict no photo or video policy and attendees will be asked to check their devices inside of yonder, yonder bags upon entry into the arena. All guests are strongly encouraged to arrive early with doors opening at 11 a.m. local time. The family has asked that in lieu of flowers or, gift, or gifts, that donations should be made to the Rocket Foundation, which was recently established to support programs which, which are saving lives through proven community-based solutions to prevent gun violence. Donations can be made here. No gifts or items will be permitted to be left at or near the venue. Um, of course, uh, of course, Drake, who last week paid tribute to take off on his Table for One radio show, has rescheduled his planned theater show in New York City on Friday so that he can uh, attend the ceremony. The Apollo show has been moved to allow us to pay respect to our dear friend the week this weekend. The Canadian artist wrote on Instagram stories, we have added a second date for the fans. Last week, police in Houston made an appeal for witnesses to come forward in order to help identify the gunman who fired um, the fatal shot at takeoff. No arrests have been made in relation to the shooting at the at the time of writing. Late rapper was with Quavo, of course, his uncle and Migos bandmate when he was shot after a fight broke out. Police said that they believe Takeoff was not involved in the confrontation. He wasn't. The likes of Beyonce, Dave, Tyler, the Creator, 50, 50 Cent, and Rick Ross have paid tribute to Takeoff since his tragic death. Meanwhile, Grand Theft Auto players have recently came together to honor Takeoff with an in-game funeral service. An invite for the virtual event read, tonight we laid takeoff to rest. All fans welcome at all three locations, all white at the church, all black at the, at the house party. Um, okay. All right, I wanna actually, before I get to the Elon Musk piece of shit, um, <laughs> before I get to the Elon Musk piece of shit, though, man. Um, I want to say something actually about all this, though, man. All right. The question I have here for you folks out there, um, especially, especially those in, um, especially those that's living in not only Atlanta, but but also the tri-state area of New Jersey, Connecticut, New York, and of course, um, the other states as well. Aren't you tired of hearing about gun violence? Aren't you tired of 
hearing about stabbings, murders, homicides, people getting pushed to the tracks, and, and people getting slashed, and people getting shot and killed for no reason. Aren't you tired of that? Here's what I want y'all to do. For anybody that's living in the tri-state area or any other states whatsoever, including New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut, go to the polls and vote, all right? Go ahead and vote because, because at this point, at this point right now, at this point right now, we have to worry. We have to worry about the the, the evil, the evil croonies who want to actually take over, take over with power and all that other stuff. Everybody, listen. Everybody knows that fucking Republicans are racist. Everyone knows that. All right, everybody knows that for sure, though. So, I just wanted to say because today is November the eighth, that today is the day of election day for you to vote, all right? Vote for vote for um solutions to to um to um not only stop gun violence but also but also with the homicides and everything else that's been going on especially especially inflation especially the cost of living um being so expensive and people getting pushed out and all the other stuff and of course um Everything else, everything else is just up to you. So go to the polls and vote. It's not going to take five. It's not going to take too much of your time. It's only five. It's, it's only like five minutes. And and by the way, the polls in the tri-state areas of New Jersey, Connecticut, and New York is going to be closing around 9 p.m. I already voted already earlier in the afternoon so i already took care of that and um and you could do the same too so so what are you waiting for go ahead and go to the polls right now man before before everything wraps up and starts closing and trust me when you vote when you go to the polls you're not only making a difference you're also using your voice don't worry about the idiots who say that your vote doesn't matter. Those are insecure motherfuckers. Do it for you. And for those who are tired of of the shootings, the violence, and everything else, so do it for them. And that's all I got to say on that one right here. All right. Um, now we go to this lousy piece of shit, Elon Musk. I know AOC and along with Jimmy Kimmel has a lot of things to say and shit. So I'm like, yo, this is crazy. Um, <laughs> this is very crazy. Um, all right. So most recently, Elon Musk got into a big old Twitter fight. Representative 
Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez trading jabs over the billionaire's intent to charge vilified users a fee a fee to maintain their status on the social media platform. Musk, um, Twitter's new owner, announced this week he would implement a policy charging an $8 monthly fee for users to keep their blue check badges to prove their accounts are authentic. He originally set the price at twenty dollars, but then lowered it. But then lowered it. It's unclear. It's unclear when he plans to make the eight dollar fee official. That's ridiculous, man. I don't know why you would actually do some shit like that, though, man. To be honest with you, that's stupid. That's really stupid, though, man. You know what I'm saying? Um. That's really stupid, though, man. Yeah, that's really stupid, though, man. Um, that's really stupid. Um, let me see. Let me see something here. Um, anyway, <laughs> that's crazy, man. Um, this didn't sit well with many critics and AOC who sent out a flurry of tweets Tuesday, Wednesday, giving Musk a piece of her mind. Um, Laugh my ass off at a billionaire, earnestly trying to sell people on the idea that free speech is actually $8 monthly subscription plan, the New York Congresswoman tweeted. AOC followed up with another zinger, one guy's business plan for a $44 billion billion dollars um over leverage purchase is apparently to run around and individually ask people for eight dollars remember that next time you question yourself or the qualifications she even complained that her twitter notifications weren't working properly um must got into it with her the tesla spacex boss tweeted a photo of an aoc sweatshirt selling on her website for 58 dollars seemingly defending his eight thousand subscription fee by showing she too is trying to monetize her business but the democratic um lawmaker wasn't having it tweeting my workers are union Making a living, making making a living wage, have a full health care, and aren't subject to racist treatment in their workplaces. Items are made in USA. Much fire back. Your feedback is appreciated. Now pay eight dollars. AOC landed the last punch, though, declaring she had gotten under a certain billionaire's skin next to a laughing emoji. As reported, Musk. Um, brought Twitter for a whopping $44 billion in late, late October. Since then, he has fired several top executives and reportedly plans to, to lay off half of the staff. And I heard Diddy helped him out with that shit too. That's crazy. That's crazy, isn't it? Also, another person who slams... Um, Elon Musk piece of shit. Um, Trevor Noah. 
<laughs> um, let's get into this though, man. Um, this is according to Variety, and Trevor Noah ra- railed against Elon Musk's um tr- controversial Twitter takeover during the latest episode of The Daily Show, calling it ridiculous that Musk plans to cha- to charge users eight dollars per month to have a blue check mark as part of Twitter Blue. Referring to Musk as the ugly guy who always looked like a ghost. <laughs> Whether it's Halloween or not, Noah reasoned that charging people for, for blue check marks goes against Musk's mission of bringing free speech and equality to Twitter. So here's my question. If you're trying to create equality on Twitter, why charge anyone to be verified? Just give everyone a blue check mark then, Noah said. Why are you charging people? It doesn't make sense to offer it as equality and then put a price on it. Do you get what I'm saying? Can you imagine if MLK was out there like, I have a dream, I have a dream, and I'll tell you all about it for $8.99 a month? It wouldn't be the same thing. According to reports, Musk originally planned to jack up the price of the Twitter Blue subscription plan from $4.99 to $19.99 per month, and the service would be the only way to retain verified user status. Users would have 90 days to join the subscription program or have their verified status revoked. After backlash over the 19.99 price, Musk floated the $8 per month tier on Twitter. With $8, hold on, hold on a second. That's stupid, man. That's very, very, very fucking stupid, to be honest with you, man. Like, I'm not paying no fucking $8 to to get a verified blue check. That's ridiculous, man. Um, That's very ridiculous. Um, Damn. Wait a minute. Hold on a second. Um, um, yes, according to reports, Musk originally planned to jack up the price of the Twitter Blue subscription plan from $4.99 to $19.99 per month. And the service would be the only way to retain um, a verified user status. Users would have 90 days to join the subscription program or have their verified status revoked. After backlash, over the $19.99 um, price, Musk floated the $8 um, per month tier on Twitter. With $8 a month, you can subscribe to Netflix, you can get Paramount Plus, you can get Hulu, or you can pay so that people verify that they are actually, that they are actually, hold on, they are actually shitting on you, Noah said, about the decision. It's all about equality, 
No, you are trying to make money. I get it. Noah continued. I think this $8 a month thing is ridiculous. If you ask me, if Elon Musk wants to make money from Twitter, what he should do is don't charge people for blue check marks. Charge white people to say the N-word. Twitter will be the most profitable company in history. Races will be taken out. Races will be taken out loans. Noah appeared to be referencing reports about um, use of the N-word spiking 500% on Twitter in the 12 hours after Musk took over the company. Musk later noted about his decision to jack up the price of Twitter Blue. I will explain the rationale in no longer form um, before this is implemented. It is the only way to defeat the, the bots and trolls. Oh boy. Yeah, I don't know about all that though, man. Um and let's see. So the tirade of Elon Musk continues. Um Elon Musk plans to to lay off about three thousand seven hundred staffers half of Twitter's workforce in an effort to lower costs and reduce his debt from overpaying for the social media platform. A report said Wednesday, Musk, who purchased Twitter for $44 billion, uh, which is helped by Diddy, of course, has decided to inform half of the company's staff that their last day on the job is Friday, according to Bloomberg. Billionaire has already fired a number of top-level staffers, including Chief Executive Officer Rog um, um, Agrawal, whose job it, he took over prompt, promptly, naming himself Chief Twit. Over the weekend, he continued the layoffs while directors were asked to make lists of potential um, employer, employees to put on the chopping block. The report said um, the plans aren't finalized and are still subject to change sources told the outlet one option being considered is a too much severance pay to employees who get canned a person familiar with the cuts told the outlet that senior personnel on the product teams were ordered to meet a 50 percent reduction in headcount um, staffers were added or spared from the layoff list based on their contributions to Twitter's code during their time at the social media um, platform, the sources said. Musk brought in managers and engineers from Tesla to review the layoff list. <sighs> wow. Rumors of major layoffs have been swirling among Twitter staffers ever since Musk announced he was planning to purchase the social media company months ago. The Twitter complaint hotline operator, as Musk has now dubbed himself, will also announce a return to office policy for the remaining staffers at the company's San Francisco headquarters. A reversal of Twitter's current policy that allows staffers to work from anywhere that the sources said. Earlier on Wednesday, Musk Clap back, clap back, 
at the verified Twitter user of the platform who complained about an $8 per month service charge. Musk, Musk's decision to overhaul Twitter's verification process with a subscription-based model has ranked many prominent, many prominent figures this week with famed, with famed author Stephen King among those who say they will not pay the fee. To all complainers, please continue complaining, but it will cost $8, Musk said in a tweet posted late Tuesday night. Totally stole idea of charging for insults and arguments from Monty Python, to be honest. Musk added alongside a clip of the comedy troupe. The $8 monthly price tag is cheaper than the 20 dollar per month fee that Musk initially planned to charge according to multiple reports Musk Musk has reportedly given Twitter developers until the end of the week to complete the overall of the Twitter blue subscription service with employees potentially facing the acts if they are unable to meet the deadline wow Yes, another person that's going in on um that's going in on Musk is Jimmy Kimmel. Yes. All right, so this is also according to the New York Post. Um let's see, this is also according to the New York Post though. Um hold on a second. All right, so <laughs> so Jimmy Kimmel has a few choice words for Elon Musk. The late night show host, Age 54, went ham on the new Twitter owner, Age 51, on the social media platform after the businessman posted a conspiracy theory about the recent attack on Nancy Pelosi's husband, Paul. A salient, a salient David DePap is said to have assaulted Paul, age 82, with a hammer after breaking into the home he shares with the Speaker of the U.S. House of Representatives. Soon after the incident, Hillary Clinton tweeted, the Republican Party and its mouthpieces now regularly spread hate and deranged conspiracy theories. It is shocking but not surprising that violence is the result. As citizens, we must hold them accountable for their words and the actions that follow, she continued. Now, Musk then responded, responded in, um, hold on a second, in a, in a sense deleted tweet noting, there is a tiny possibility there might be more to this story than meets the eye, while linking to a Santa Monica Observer article. Oh, wow. Um, the report, believe that Paul was drunk when he was attacked during a fight with a supposed male prostitute. <laughs> Kimmel was quick to reply to the Tesla CEO tweet before it was erased from the platform. It has been interesting over the years to watch you blossom from the electric car guy into, into a fully formed piece of shit Kimmel penned on Sunday. When Musk's tweet was
was still posted, many fans were shocked that he desired to spread misinformation. Um, Yael um, Eisenstadt, a vice president of the Anti-Defamation League, said, when the world's richest man owner of this very site himself traffics in conspiracy theory days, um, after claiming to advertisers that he's going to be a responsible leader, all I can say is I'm not overreacting by expressing my concerns. Actions always speak louder than words, she added. Donnie Monihan, uh, a public policy professor at Georgetown University, explained how he he was concerned that Musk would use his new role as Twitter's head to amplify conspiracy theories that are destroying American democracy. A big problem in contemporary American politics is that one party has become obsessed with conspiracy theories, encouraging radical responses, including anti-democratic actions and violence. He scribed on Twitter, Musk will just make the problem worse. <sighs> Man. And um, let's see if there's any more we got to really talk about with, um, with this idiot Musk, of course. Um, yeah, as a matter of fact, there is one more story we got to get to. And, and this involves a, a fucking lawsuit. Okay, NPR website. Long-dreaded layoffs are finally happening at Twitter, which has been owned by billionaire Elon Musk for just over a week. They have sparked a lawsuit from employees and a call for advertisers to boycott. About 50% of the staff was cut company-wide, according to a tweet from Yoel Roth, Twitter's head of safety and integrity, division responsible for monitoring tweets for violence, hate, and other banned material. Twitter's strong commitment to content moderation remains absolutely unchanged. Um, must tweet it Friday afternoon. He also said layoff employees got three months of severance pay. Jessica Gonzalez, CEO of Free Pass, which is part of the stop of the hashtag Stop Toxic Twitter Coalition, says she and leaders of more than forty other groups met with Musk earlier this week. He promised to retain and enforce the election integrity measures that were on Twitter's books before his takeover. With today's mass layoffs, it is clear that his actions betray his words, as I said. She's, she worried Musk was dismantling Twitter's investment in fact-checking moderators and policy, which could allow more dangerous dis disinformation to spread, especially so close to election day. Oh boy, Twitter was already a hellscape before Musk took over. His actions in the past week will only make it worse, Gonzalez said. Roth tweeted that about 15% of his staff was laid off. With frontline moderation, staff least um, affected. With early voting underway in the US, our efforts on election election integrity including harmful misinformation that can suppress the vote and combating state-backed um information op operations remain a top priority he wrote on twitter 
the hashtag stop toxic Twitter collision is now calling on advertisers to, to boycott Twitter. Several major advertisers have suspended advertising on Twitter since Musk took over last week, including General Motors and Pfizer. Nearly all of Twitter's revenue comes from ads. Um, employees sue Musk over lack of notice for firings, as they should. A handful of employees moved quickly to file a class action lawsuit Thursday in federal court in San Francisco on behalf of Twitter workers. The case was filed preemptively, so Twitter's workers wouldn't be taken advantage of and sign away their rights, said the lead attorney on the case, Shannon Liss Riordan. Um, there's a lot of concern going on on around Twitter employees about what would happen today when reportedly half the workforce would be let go, she said. <laughs> the case alleges that Twitter is letting go of staff without adequate notice in violation of California and federal employment law. The Worker Adjustment and Retaining Notifications Act or WARN requires at least a 60 day notice before conducting mass layoffs. Um, yeah, that sucks, man. Um, let's see. Liz Reardon said employees learned on Friday they would get three months servants, which must later confirm in a tweet. Twitter employees use the platform to say goodbye with hashtag love where you are employees had been told to stay home on friday and wait for an email about the future of their jobs they track news from their their colleagues under the hashtag hash um love where you worked they expressed gratitude to their um teams and bosses greed for the company culture they enjoyed and worried about colleagues who might lose health insurance or work visas. Other Twitter users chimed in calling Twitter employees, government stooges, and criticizing content moderation and policy decisions under the company's um, previous leadership. Uh, Musk has long complained about the size of Twitter's staff, which was about 7,500. The company had ballooned in recent years, even as it struggled financially must fired many of twitter's top executives last week including its ceo chief financial officer and top lawyers he also dissolved his board <sighs> this is exactly what a lot of people in um in a minute was talking about here and and as far as like must taking over twitter the man wants to bring back trump i'm like yo you gotta be kidding me and that's why i don't use twitter anymore because look what's going on here folks you know a lot of people gonna a lot of people are going to end up quitting um twitter too they're not going to be using twitter anymore and the way i see it it's just going to it's going to get a lot worse man with musk around and and this is the same guy. This is the same guy who is fucking homeless. 
How are you rich and you fucking homeless? That doesn't make any sense. That don't make no sense, man. That shit makes no sense to me, man. Like, how do you how are you rich and you and you end up being homeless on the street? That makes no damn sense to me. <laughs> this is so fucking laughable. It's unbelievable. I'm not even. <laughs> it's ridiculous, man. Well, not as ridiculous as um, not as ridiculous as um, as the issue with Travis Scott, of course. Um, hold on a second. Um, yes, not as ridiculous as Travis Scott's situation, actually. Um, yes. So here it is. <laughs> well, um, according to TMZ, um. A source connected to the case tells us it's Live Nation and not Travis, who is paying up in the settlement. A source close to Travis tells us no member of Travis Scott's team has been involved in any Astroworld settlement discussions. Festival organizers are working to put the legal fallout from Travis Scott's Astroworld tragedy behind them. Reaching a settlement with one victim's family, marking the first known settlement of all of the cases surrounding the Deadly Music Festival. Attorney Tony Busby, who reps the family of Axel Acosta, tells TNZ the family settled out of court after suing Travers, Live Nation, and others. Remember, 21-year-old Axel died from injuries suffered at the November 2021 concert. Busby previously told us Axel traveled all the way from Washington to see the Houston Festival and was a huge Travis fan. Oof. The terms of the settlement are confidential, Busby says, and the family wants to wants people to remember Axel as a beloved son, brother, and student who was also kind and loving and is greatly missed. Yeah, while Travis is done with the first of the many lawsuits against him, the legal side is far from over. Wow. There were 10 people in total who died at Astroworld, and Travis is still dealing with lawsuits filed by others impacted by the tragic incident. Whew. That's crazy, man. And it sucks, man, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, you know, a lot of people are saying, like, what what, what do you expect Travis Scott to do? Stay home? Man has kids. He has kids, man, you know what I'm saying? He has to make his money somehow. It's not just, it's not just give away money to, to crazy lawsuits and just be, like, on some, on some crazy shit to just, to just not not having making any money that's kind of whack to me though i know losses happen but you can't expect him to stay you can't expect him to stay in the crib for too long man and he and he did an interview um months ago which i mean the god and all the other stuff talking about that shit. um and He has a long road ahead of him with all these lawsuits piling up on him, man. Like, see, that's just crazy right there. Um, anyway, um, I forgot to do this story right here. 
forgot to do this story right here, actually. So true true recent takeoff have continued to pour in following the Migos rapper's tragic death. Of course, obviously, takeoff was shot and killed outside a bowling alley in Houston, Texas. Yeah, I just in the early hours of Tuesday, sending shockwaves through the hip hop community. Um, yeah, I already talked about what happened actually. So, but um, there's more to the story actually. So, the 28 year old was among a group of people who also, which included also included his uncle, the Migos groupmate Clive Quavo. Um, watching a dice game when an altercation broke out and shots were fired. Takeoff was reportedly struck either in the head. We already know he was struck in the head and the torso. We already, in the torso of the arm. We, we know that already. Um, so Gucci Mane, Killer Mike, Joe Budden. Uh, hold on a second. Yeah, yeah, Joe Budden, Lloyd Banks, and Boosie, Boosie Badass were among the horde of hip-hop figures who mourned Takeoff's sudden passing on social media, yes. But as the sad news continued to sink in on Tuesday, more tributes to late Migos lyricists um, poured in from the likes of Drake, Future, 21 Savage, Travis Scott, 2, two Chains, and others. I got the best memories of all of us seeing the world together and bringing light to every city we touch. Drizzy wrote on Instagram next to a photo of him sharing the stage with Takeoff. That's what I'll focus on now. Um, rest easy, rest easy space, man. Take. Um. Okay, Drake, who toured North America with Migos in 2018, also posted several photos of Takeoff on his Instagram stories, including a photo of him and the trio who dressed in Soul Train inspired outfits for their Walk It, Talk It video. We were supposed to to be all looking like this in our 60s for real. He captioned the photo along with several sad face emojis, yeah. Um, Someone average a close friend and collaborator of the Migos family expressed his heartbreak by sharing photos of him and takeoff on Instagram with the message, it always be the ones who really don't deserve it. Um, and um, fellow Atlanta Kingpin future would take off in a brief tweet on Wednesday morning, calling him forever legendary. Travis Scott, who worked with takeoff on Astroworld, posted a black and white photo of him and the slam rapper on his Instagram stories, along with the caption forever the space cadet forever, the rocket, the most humble, the illest forever take. Metro Boomin, who recently lost his mother, admitted on Instagram that he cried real tears over take off his death. The bad and bougie producer also shared his journal entry from Wednesday morning in which he wrote about how his pain and grief ha has brought him closer to God. Um, I'm not even gonna go. To, I'm not even gonna go into the journal shit. I'm not gonna do that. Tego's death left Ti in two chains at a loss for words with the Atlanta 
Atlanta hip hop veterans struggling to articulate their devastation. I'm usually a one with the perfect way to articulate thoughts, but this has me baffled, Tip wrote on Instagram. Lil Bro was a real solid, respectful, honest, quiet, polite kid who conducted himself like a man of respect and stayed out the way. Titty boy <laughs> added on his on his on his own IG page. Devastating bro. Praying for your family and rest in peace. And Quavo Hancho, Quavo, I'm sorry this happened, brother. Praying for offset. And I don't even have the words, man. Um yeah, that's about wow. Um, hold on a second. I think hold on a second. Hold on a second. And um hold on a minute here. Uh, yeah, uh so this is just um so boycott black murder can't kill my boy. Wow. Damn. Um, yeah, man, this is crazy. And every every single one, every single one, every single music artist actually chimed in on the tributes and stuff. So I'm not even gonna get into, I'm not even gonna get into all that stuff. But um, you can actually, you can actually check out yourself on hiphopdx.com. Of course, uh, slash news takeoff tributes. Of course, includes Drake featured Twenty One West Savage, Migos, and Two Chains, and along with everybody else that also um, tribute that made their tributes on Instagram and Twitter and stuff like that. You can look at the list for yourself. Um, so, so yeah, there you have it right there. <laughs> okay, now let me go. Let's go into something lighter. You know what I'm saying? Uh, let's go to something lighter, man. So most recently, Diddy Terror, <laughs> he wore a Joker costume on Halloween, which is crazy. <laughs> oh, man. He he really killed the Joker costume, man. Oh, my gosh, man. So a storied lineage of celebrities have played Batman's nemesis, the Joker, from a pair of Academy Award winners, Joaquin Phoenix and Keith Ledger, to iconic Hollywood stars like Caesar Romero and Jack Nicholson. And we can now add Diddy to the list. After he committed to an inspired performance art bit for Halloween. Actually the, the 52, actually he turned 53. Yeah, he turned 53 as a matter of fact, because it's his birthday. So the music mogul first posted a video of him sitting in a makeup chair on his Instagram. Telling people to be nice, kind, be kind, drink responsibly, and enjoy the holiday weekend. Uh man. <laughs> yeah. After that um wholesome start, the post abruptly got wilder, featuring clips of him carrying a fake Tommy gun and grenades in a parking garage, unveiling a pretty solid Joker cackle. And apparently <laughs> getting his hands on an actual flamethrower. He also had a crew of associates clad in eerie clown masks to add to the 
um malevolent ambience. Oh my gosh. In a clear nod to Ledger's take on the character in the Dark Knight, Diddy ran around Los Angeles in a purple suit. <laughs> purple plum suit. <laughs> and a green wig. Running into several other stars, mostly notably in and around um, Lenny S. Carucci, <laughs> Lala's annual Halloween party. Oh, wow. <laughs> Some encounters went well like this one with a cackling Tyler, the creator. Others like his, his tense interaction with power star Michael J. Ferguson did not go so smoothly. It was pretty clear that Ferguson did not know it was Diddy. <laughs> who was virtually unrecognizable beneath the makeup. When he finally broke character, the actor smiled and the two embraced, though Diddy kept implore, imploring him to change your vibration. Oh, wow. Ah, oh, man. <laughs> That's funny. Given his bombastic personality, it's hard surprising that Diddy has a long history of elaborate Halloween costumes. 2018, he pulled off a deeply freaky um, Pennywise the Clown from It, while in 2012 he did um, he did a homage to Prince. <laughs> yeah, of course he did. <laughs> of course he did, man. Oof. Of course he did. <laughs> Yeah, um, all right, Freddie Gibbs. Freddie Gibbs. Um, all right, so Freddie Gibbs have su has suggested that Soul Sold Separately will be his final album, and said it's highly anticipated um, collab uh, with Mad Lib might not happen. During a recent Ask Me Anything session on Twitter, an eager fan asked if Montana, the rumored follow-up follow up to 2019's, excuse me, bandana, would ever see the light of day. Well, no, this is my, no, this is my last album asked um, Mad Lib, he wrote. Elsewhere, a fan asked what advice he had to give for newcomers to the music industry to which he replied, own as much shit as you can. The claim that Soul sold separately is his last album coincides with a separate interview Gibbs did with bootleg Gav earlier in October, and he was asked to comment on Alfredo 2 potentially being in the works with the with Alchemist. <laughs> It's funny you say that Gibbs said when Kev brought up the idea, but I just told you that every time I do an album, I feel like I might not do another one. I got a lot of stuff to do. He added, this whole process recording an album, I barely got to see my kids a lot touring. Man, I'm really ready to just chill, dog. Um, I don't know if I can go through the process of recording an album no more. I don't know if I can. Um, he went on to say that the pair flirt 
with the idea all, all time, but that he believes so sold separately to be his best work. If I was to do another album, it would be that one, Gibbs said. The original Alfredo was a massive um, success when it dropped in 2020 and even nominated for Best Rap Album at the Grammys. Wow. About that. That's pretty sick, though, man. In another interview with The Breakfast Club, Gibbs also said his fifth studio album was recorded during a dark period in his life. When I was recording the album, I was in a real dark place, Freddie Gibbs said. I was going through a lot of stuff, getting into fights. I had street stuff going on, homies getting killed, legal stuff, you know. And I was putting all of that into the record. And then when DJ Paul came in there, he really cheered me up. He really lifted my spirits to help me finish the album in the correct fashion. Unfortunately, the rollout of Gibbs' latest work has been marred by a series of beefs the, the rappers engaged with, in, with Jim Jones and Benny the Butcher, though the Indiana rapper didn't seem to keen on elaborating on them. I don't initiate the violence. I just do what, what a man would do and handle himself in certain occasions. He told the Breakfast Club, um, I never initiated no violence on no rapper. And if I did, you wouldn't know about it. I done had problems with people that done way, went way too deep, but I don't need to publicize it. I think a lot of these guys that done had issues with me, he continued, they come in the fight with camera crews. You know, we, in the clout era, I don't, I don't gotta do no stuff like that to get no clout up. Music speaks for itself, my brother. Freddie Gears' soul, soul, soul separately was the rapper's uh, most successful solo project to date, debuting with within the top twenty and moving around twenty-two thousand um, albums equivalent units. Okay, so let's get into um, speaking of speaking of music. Since we are on the music thing, um, Megan Thee Stallion. Yes, Megan Thee Stallion gave an emotional performance of her Traumazine track "Anxiety" on Saturday Night Live. Uh, the Houston rapper hit the stage on a, on Saturday, October fifteenth, dressed in a shimmery red gown with a sash across her chest that read Miss Anxiety. The 27-year-old artist was accompanied by background dancers who wore um, silver and pink evening gowns and sashes with additional revealing labels consisting of Miss Underpaid, <laughs> Miss Overworked, Miss Overwhelmed, Miss Overlooked, and Miss Insecure. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. As her performance persisted, the Houston hottie 
appeared visibly shaken by the emotional contents of the song. Fighting back tears, she recited the song's second verse detailing a hypothetical letter to her late mother, Holly Thomas, who died in March 2019 after a long battle with brain cancer. Oof, that's pretty tough, man. That's very tough right there. That's very tough, man. If I could write a letter to heaven, I would tell my mama that I should have been listening. And I would tell her story. I would tell her sorry that I really been wilding and ask her to forgive me because I really been trying. She rapped. And I would ask, please show me who been real and get them from around me if they all been fake. It's crazy how I say the same prayers to the Lord and always get surprised about who he take, man. The Stallions um, touching SNL um, performance arrives on the heels of the rapper painting forward and launching a women-centric mental health website. Uh, bad bitches have bad days too. Yep, the, the site features um, resources such as complementary therapy, a national um, crisis hotline, a suicide hotline, and more. It also provides information to address other needs within the Black community, including an LGBTQ plus psychotherapist of color directory. Oh man, that's pretty dope, though, man. That's pretty dope of um Megan Thee Stallion to do this though, for real though. And speaking of which, um, Taylor Swift, we got another yeah, we got another congratulations to give, which is um <laughs> so. According to Billboard, actually, um, according to Billboard, Taylor Swift scores one of the most historic weeks in the 64-year history of the Billboard Hot 100 Songs chart as she becomes the first artist to claim the survey's entire top 10 in a single frame. Swift surpasses Drake, who logged nine of the Hot 100's top 10 for a week in September 2021, leading the way for Swift on the Hot 100 anti-hero, launches at number one, making her ninth career leader. All 10 songs in the Hot 100 top tier are from Swift's new LP, Midnights, which was released on October 21st on Republic Records, blast in at number one on the Billboard 200 albums chart, with the biggest week for any release in seven years. Wow. Swift also surges past Drake and the Beatles for the most titles from the top of the Hot 100 in a single week. As her monopoly of the top 10 best, those acts, each of whom infused the top five for a week each in, in 2021. Um, and 1964, respectively. Meanwhile, as Swift adds 10 new hot 
100 top 10s. She now boosts um, the most top 10 among women in the charts history with 40 surpassing Madonna's 38. <laughs> wow. Among all acts, she trails only Drake 59 top 10s. Damn. But Midnight's becomes the first album ever made ever with as many as top hot 100 top 10s, besting the nine, the nine from Drake's certified lover boy in 2021. The hot 100 blends all genre US streaming, um, radio airplay and sales data. All charts, of course, dated November 5th. We'll, we'll update on billboard.com on November the 1st. Well, it already passed already tomorrow. For all charts news, you can follow Billboard and Billboard charts on both Twitter and Instagram as well. Um, so here's the rundown of Swift's unprecedented week on the Hot 100. So top 10 streams, airplay, and sales. As Swift swoops in with a clean sweep of the Hot 100's um, top 10. Here's a look at the song's official streams, radio play, airplay, and sales in the U.S. and the October 27th, no, excuse me, October 21st to 27th tracking week that drove their chart debuts. So rank title streams, airplay, um, audience sales. Of course, number one is Antihero. 59.7 million streams, 32 million in airplay audience, um, 13,500 sold. Number two, Lavender Hayes, 41.4 million and 2.4 million, 2,800. Number three, Maroon, 37.6 million, 471,000, 2,900. Number four, Snow on the Beach. <laughs> Oh man, <laughs> they ain't there's no snow on the beach. <laughs> I know it's the name of the song, folks, but but this you never see snow on the beach, man. Like, come on, featuring La, Lana Del Rey, <laughs> 37.2 in 600. Number five, Midnight Rain. 36.9 million, 449,000 and 2,200. And number six is Bejeweled, 35.5 million, 1.6 million, 16,100. Number seven, question, 31 million, 425,000, Number eight, you are on your own, kid, 34.1 million, 498,000, 1,500. Number nine, Karma is a bitch. <laughs> 33 million, um, 1.9 million at 3,400. And number 10 is Vigilante shit. 32.2 million, 424,000 um, and 6,400. Um, okay, so that's crazy right there though. So um, yeah, wow, man. All right, so let's give a little congratulate. Oh, wow, let's give it, 
let's give some congratulations to Taylor Swift, man. That's actually that's actually big because I actually heard while I was watching TMZ that um that everything was on lockdown on Spotify because it just broke records, man. I was like, wow. Congratulations, Taylor Swift. Let's make some noise for Taylor Swift, man. Right here. Okay. All right. It's game time, which is which is um, National Video Games Day. Uh, I didn't know about this until I had looked it up, though. So um, let's take a look at this. Though. Um, of course, no reason to feel bad about not even seeing the light of day. <laughs> the light of day um, on September 12th because it's National Video Games Day. Yes, video games originated around 1940, but today the video games industry is an $18 billion industry that constantly churns out new fun favorites for all ages. The term video game encompasses all kinds of digital games from old school Mario games to hot new VR ones like Beat Saber. The huge array of video games means there will be something for everyone to play today, whether it's an old arcade game or Fortnite, which I'm not really, which is really known so far, but I'm not really into that game. If a, if a day alone doesn't appeal to you, round up, um, round up some friends for a multiplayer game. Of course, you can follow these top video game journalists if you want to learn more about video games. Okay, so um, the history of National Video Games Day. These days, everyone can find a video game that gets them hooked. Not only it depends on the gameplay style you like, strategy, or combat, you might have a particular penchant video games from a specific age. Some love old-timey arcade games, while others are excited by cutting-edge VR. Virtual reality, folks, that's what the acronym stands for. Um, surprisingly, the origin story of your favorite video game app in your pocket is actually in research labs. The earliest video games began in the 1950s um, in universities like the U University of Cambridge and MIT. Some games that came out of these were virtual tic-tac-toe and space war. Yeah, I remember, I remember tic-tac-toe, man. Whenever, yeah, I remember that. I actually played that myself, though. Um, yeah. When the first home console designed in 1967 by the father of video games, Ralph Bayer, hit the market and inspired the classic Atari game Pong. Though there was a copyright infringement lawsuit, Atari still took off with the public when they released the Atari 2600. Um, some of the best games 
of the ensuing era includes Space Invaders and Donkey Kong. <laughs> Sound familiar? <laughs> after, the, after the video game <laughs> uh, market crashed in 1983, Japanese company Nintendo burst onto the scene. Nintendo is responsible for some of the most important franchises around Super Mario Brothers, The Legend of Zelda, and Metroid. Nintendo found a challenger in Sega, driving the market into the 3D gaming world. The modern era of gaming was truly kicked off in the early 21st century with the Xbox 360, PlayStation 3, and the Wii. Video games then invaded media platforms and video game apps um, flooded the app stores. Lucrative competitions for skilled gamers have begun to spring up worldwide. These days, big video game console companies like Nintendo, Sony, and Microsoft have their sights set on VR, which is virtual reality. Uh, the exciting future of video gaming gets more and more like lifelike every day. Um, so this is the timeline. So let's see all this stuff. Yeah. So the timeline, of course, actually. Um, it's the time of the first. Okay, so 1940 debut of the video game. The first video game, Nim, is introduced at the World's Fair by Edward Condom. This is a and 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 of course you see, you're probably going to see a picture of the Unisphere globe. Um, in case you didn't know, this is a website I'm using called NationalToday.com, um, and this is pertaining to you know particular national holidays, including um, video games that I didn't know about. So um, let's keep going. So 1977, the essential. The ancestral um, console, Atari's first console, the Atari 2600, is released with games like Frogger. You and of course, everybody knew about um, uh, the Game Boy. Gaming on the go in 1989. For the first time, gamers can travel with their consoles as Nintendo releases the Game Boy in the summer. And it wasn't even in color, man. It was all green. Esports explosion. Hold on, let's do the explosion. Okay, though video gaming as a sport has had existed since the 90s. It has seriously taken off since 2010, becoming a viable sport and way to make money for many gamers. Um, which is interesting because that's where that's where it, where I bring up the, the best example I would have to say is um, there's a place called Coexisting Gaming actually that I've been hearing about actually, um, and it's it's pretty fun actually. They have tournaments, they have all that stuff. I mean, if you are in the New York area and you haven't checked out Coexisting Gaming, I suggest you follow them on Instagram and you can actually find out how to get there and what type of tournaments and all that other stuff on there as well. 
So um, let's go to, let me see, let's go to uh, National Review Survey results, of course. Uh, so um, survey, according to one of the top market research agencies, uh, what is the best gaming console? Number one, PlayStation 38%. Xbox tied um, with 38% at number two. Nintendo, number three, 21. What's the best video game um, franchise? So number one is Super Mario, 47%. Call of Duty, 21%, number two. Number three, Donkey Kong, 19%. Number four, Grand Theft Auto, 19%. Uh, number five, Pokemon, not Pokemon. <laughs> not Pokemon, man. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, shit. Number six, Zelda, 13%. Number seven, the most popular game of all time is Sonic the Hedgehog, which has already made two movies already, 13%. Number eight, Final Fantasy, 9%. Number nine, Halo, 9%. Already tied with Final Fantasy with 9%. And number 10 is Crash Bandicoot. <laughs> number seven. No, excuse me, 7%. Um, okay, so so survey asked, how often do you play video games? Um, number one with every day tied at 31% with um number two rarely 31% and number three two or three times a week which is 23% uh when do mobile gamers like to play games on their phones um this includes um number one right here which is whenever I'm bored 66% number two when I'm watching tv 41% which is what I do for topics Number three, before I go to sleep, 39%. Number four, when I'm when I'm on the toilet. <laughs> when I'm on the toilet, 30, 34%. Number five, during my breaks at work, 21%. Number six, whenever I'm eating, 20%. Number seven, before I leave for work, 12%. Number eight, on my commute to work, 8%. Now, the traditions of the day, video games, have come a long way. The virtual world emulated by games are no longer just for enjoyment and passing time. It is an entire experience with storylines and character development sometimes surpassing that of Hollywood movies. National Video Games Day celebrations are exuberant. The go-to tradition for the day is to immense oneself in video games, whether by yourself or with friends. Multiplayer gaming has formed friendships that are cherished and stronger than some real-life relations. Yeah, that part might be true. So digital celebrations are at their peak with streaming gameplays on websites like YouTube and Twitch. Yes, Twitch is one of the primary spots that people be using for games as well. So, And, um, of course, YouTube as well. Um, Commentaries and video games played online with teammates living around the world. Going old school and playing classic games at an arcade is also a tradition. The charm and nostalgia of old games are growing. 
and they increase our appreciation for, for new video games with better graphics and gameplay. Video games, video game releases and announcements are also made by some companies today. Special discounts and bundles and free downloads of video games are available on platforms like Steam, items and character upgrades inside video game shops are offered at reduced prices too. Well, that's, and um, wow. Wow. And then there's, and then there's about numbers. So of course, 360,000, the, num the number of arcade cabinets of the game Space Invaders sold by 1980. Um, $80,000, whoa, wait, wow. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, $360,000, wow. $80,000, the amount spent by a Japanese man on playing Space Invaders, sheesh. $40 million, the number of copies sold by Super Mario Brothers by the by the game's 25th anniversary. Um, three, the number of discs that held the Final Fantasy, uh, what is it, what is it, what is it, what is it, what is it? seven? Yes, yeah, seven, um, game on PlayStation, yes. 56, the number of vehicles drivable in Grand Theft Auto 3. Uh, three, the number of days it's a Grand Theft Auto 5 to reach $1 billion in sales. 13, the number of novels written on the Halo universe. Sheesh. 12, 12 million is the number of subscribers to World of Warcraft in 2012. Seven, the number of players originally limited to a football team in Madden football due to hardware restrictions. 92, the number of production babies who joined the, the Bungie family in the game Destiny since 2010. Sheesh. Um, okay. Um, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. Um, okay. National Video Games Day activities, of course, round up friends for IRL gaming. Multiplayer gaming is best done together. IRL It's a great means of getting together with people who have the same console to connect in real life and digitally. Um, of course, that's number one. Number two, hit in arcade to relive the classics. Who didn't love growing up on Pac-Man? Uh, spend time at an old school arcade remembering what it was like to be a kid with a quarter and a competitive spirit. Yeah, you know, I used to I used to play um, Miss Pac-Man for Super, Super Nintendo NES actually, and you know, it was a it was a good decent game, man. You know what I'm saying? Compared to the yeah, compared to the regular one, which is actually the same thing, actually. Um, it's just, you know, different gameplays. That's what it was. Um, so, yeah. Um, yeah, number three, treat yourself to a newly released game. If there's ever a day to splurge on the newest craze in gaming, it's today. 
all your friends have been talking about the new release and you are desperate to give it a try go for it then spend the rest of the day playing it with them well i'm not gonna really get into the damn quiz man i'm not gonna do that shit. wait hold on um wait wait wait, wait, wait. hold on i'm not gonna do that shit. okay so five facts about video games that will blow your mind of course, number one, public libraries are in on the trend in an attempt to get children and teens more interested in books and libraries have started adding video games to their shelves. Number two, gaming beefs up your brain. In one study, adults who play Super Mario 64 for two hours a day um, developed increased brain volume over time. Number three, RPG dreaming. According to one study, those who play video games are more are likely to have lucid dreams. And I don't mean a song either, folks. <laughs> I don't mean a song, man. <laughs> I don't mean a song, man. So I'm not even going to even use that song anyway, um, due to copyright shit. I'm not even going to use that shit. Um, anyway, where the where they can control what's happening. Um, gaming as a national economic stimulus at the Nokia's downfall, Finland's economy was greatly assisted by a clash of clans. Number five, gaming payout in 2019. A, a boy from the U.S. won the largest single-person esports payout, which is $3 million. Wow. Wow. So that's crazy, though. So why do we celebrate? Why do we love National Video Games Day? Actually, um, so first off, what a, a they can be actually good for you. Um, though not all games offer the same educational value. Many that include problem solving and teamwork have been shown to increase the gray matter in your brain and ultimately grow it. It can also help refine learn and hardwire skills as well as improve problem solving and communication with others b they inspired and pushed tech boundaries the first video games were considered modern marvels and we can't say it's changed much since who hasn't seen some great graphics on a game or been absolutely blown away the first time you slid on the vr headset Virtual reality. Many games push what's possible for technology and inspire um, generations. C, they increase happiness, which is very therapeutic to people and it's entertainment. You know what I'm saying? That rush you get when you conquer a level unmatched. Recent studies have shown that adults who play video games are less stressed and more relaxed than those who do not. It could be because video games offer a chance to remove yourself from everyday life stresses, or they might just be happier being more connected to their inner child. Yeah, that's pretty that's pretty that's pretty much how you would put it though. And as, and as I said before, video games are very therapeutic, especially when you're having stressful situations from work, whether it's from, you know, drama with the family members, of course, annoying family members, of course, that I can relate to. And, of course, um, there's, 
And of course, there's like, you know, you know, ridiculous um, bullying that's going on online or face to face or whatever. You just need something to take your mind off of it. That's what video games are for. You, you, you feel what I'm saying? Um, so, yeah. So, <laughs> so the following years of National Video Games Day dates is going to be September 12th of each year, which is 2023, 2024. Munchies and drinks, man. So let's get into it right here, man. Um, all right. Let's get into it right here. Yes, this is a segment about the eat and drink stories that I am about to bring to you here. And starting with Bagel Fest, the huge to bring Bagel Bash to Midtown this weekend, which already happened already. Well, this is a recap, actually. This is actually a recap I'm going to actually do, so I don't mind doing a recap. So how does one make Saturday brunch more in New York? Add bagels. You have heard of mimosa, mimosa flights, but now the Hue will be serving bagels, bagel flights on November 5th from 9 Actually, it already passed already. So it started from November 5th, 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. to kick off the Bagel Bash Korean Bagel Fest founder, Sam Silverman. So Bagel Fest attendees love discovering new bagel shops and flavor. Bagel Bash is a platform where bagel lovers can continue to explore all sorts of amazing and unexpected sandwich combos in a relaxed setting. setting. And Silverman said Silverman. We plan to introduce collaborations and our first event at the Hue will bring together um, Essa Bagel and Avocadera for a creation called the Mashup. Hmm. The Bagel Bash flight of mini bagel sandwiches are culinary creations from neighborhood bagel shops. The menu includes Bass the Works, Locks on a pumpernickel everything. <laughs> we did white fish. <laughs> wow, white fish. White fish cream cheese <laughs> with roasted red pepper and plain tobacco. S.A. Bagel um, and avocadarias, the mashup, avocado mash, feta cheese, and cherry tomatoes. Um, I'm not understanding the um the, the combination of cherry tomatoes and shit. First of all, a cherry is a fruit, tomatoes are vegetable. Like, come on, man. <laughs> oh man, this shit is so fucking funny right here. <laughs> B- 
Bago Point Classic and everything. Uh, bagel and scallion cream cheese and Liberty birthday bagel, a rainbow bagel with birthday cake and cream cheese. Please note that the menu contains wheat, seafood, nuts, and dairy, and alterations will not be accommodated. Other bagel bash activities include, <laughs> include bagel rolling demonstrations and special appearance from the author of the newly released cookbook, Bacon Imperfect. Lottie Bedlow of the Great British Baking Show. Of course, actually, it happened already, so um, I'm not even going to get into the location and stuff, so it already happened already. So I hope y'all had a good time on that one right there, and I'm sorry for the um, delay. Um, And, of course, uh, we got another one right here. Um, We got another one right here, actually, in Tipsy Scoop. Um. Yes, tipsy scoop, actually. So um, we're going to get into this. So with the holidays coming, talking rain. (laughs) Talking rain beverage company. Oh, shit. The maker of bluff flavor, sparkling water brand, sparkling ice, which is which is uh, what I'm I'm familiar with that one right there because my job sells that. At a cheaper price for the same amount of cents, <laughs> which is not bad, by the way. <laughs> oh shit! Has joined forces with Boozy Ice Cream brand Tipsy Scoop to create a limited editions holiday sorbet flavored cranberry frost vodka sorbet. Sorbet, yes. So sparkling ice is bringing the return of their limited edition holiday flavor, which is pretty, pretty. Pretty decent. Sparkling ice cranberry frost with a twist, thanks to the, the help of Tipsy Scoop, combining the sort out beverage with lemon juice and vodka. This cranberry ginger sorbet will be sold in unique and festive winter themed packaging, making it a refreshing festive treat for consumers to enjoy just in time for the holiday season. The collaboration will be available from November the 1st to November the 30th at all three three of Tipsy Scoop's location in New York City. Um, First in Brooklyn. Okay, New York City, Brooklyn, and Long Beach, as well as online for nationwide shopping. Customers have an incentive to get there early because Tipsy Scoop will be giving away one free sparkling ice cranberry frost bottle to the first 24 people who come out, who come in the store. And then this, and then a sample for everyone else while supplies last. A single scoop, hold on a second. A, sing, a single scoop of the sorbet retails for 6053 cents, a double scoop for 9053 cents, and 14 dollars for a pint tax included. Online orders offer a pack containing four pints of sparkling ice cranberry frost vodka sorbet. And for more information, you can go to, you can visit the website tipsyscoop.com slash product slash sparkling ice cranberry frost vodka sorbet. And of course, there you have it right there. There you have it right there. Um, <laughs> um, Yes, so there you have it right there, man. 
know what I'm saying? Um, I think that's going to do it for this episode right here. Hold on a minute. Um, yes, that's going to do it, man, right here. You're more than welcome to make a charitable donation to my cash app, which is dollar sign G Money Stacks 555. That's dollar sign capital G, lowercase M O N E Y, low capital S, lowercase T A C K Z 555. Once again, it's not about breaking the bank, it's all about doing the best you can on whatever amount of money you decide and desire and comfortable with. You will be appreciated and acknowledged. So, Anyway, man, uh, let's get into let's get into um, a little thing that I like to call stream choices. Hold on a second, man. Hold on a minute here. Um, hold on a minute here. Um, yeah, stream choices on the go, man. Let's get into it right now, where I inform you where you can listen to the episodes of of the multiple podcast shows that I actually um that I'm actually doing on a weekly basis. So let's do this right here, man. You know what to do, folks. Um, of course, if you like the topics that was being discussed, um, you can actually, you can actually um, show some love by following Off the Meat Rack Chains New York podcast on Facebook and Instagram alongside with um, my other shows on the gram as well which is which is which is the sports edition show of excellent fun vibrant talks podcast and alongside with um my review show which is meticulous vibe juice podcast all right and you could follow your homie and your and your man right here g money stacks on the gram primary handle which is g money stacks 555 in queens new york don't forget to turn on your notifications so you can be reminded of when each episode is going to be dropping. And um, and for the most part, um, for the most part, the most important part is you can go to the link in bio where it says um, Linktree slash GMoneyStacks555 on there, and you're gonna see a whole list of um, um, audio streaming platforms and includes visual as well. And and of course you can leave a voice message on anchor.fm slash gmoneystack slash message. Um and speaking of anchor, that's where we're gonna start with. Starting with anchor, Audacity, Audible, um, Audio Burst, Amazon Music, Breaker, Castbox FM, Deezer, Listen Notes, Moon FM Podcast, Player FM, Pocket Cast, Pod Podbay. Podfriend, Podopolo, Podorama, um, Podcast Index, Podcast Addict, Podchaser, Podverse, Reason FM, Spotify. And speaking of Spotify, don't forget to leave a five-star rating on Podchaser, Podfriend, um, Spotify as well. Um, it'll be appreciated if you leave a five-star rating right there, including the informative topics that's being discussed in every episode whatsoever in case you you're filling them and all that other stuff. So there you have it right there. And of course, um, and of course, um, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, and you can also listen to Off the Meat Rat Chains New York Podcast episodes on Radio Public alongside with um iHeartRadio, the number one app for music, radio, and podcasts. 
as well. So, of course, make sure you follow my other shows that's also on there, um, which is the Sports Edition Show, Excellent Fun Vibrant Talks podcast, and Meticulous Vibrant podcast on Review Show. And, of course, make sure you follow these podcast shows on every streaming platform that I just mentioned. And, by the way, you don't need a credit card to actually download iHeartRadio. You don't need a credit card or debit card to do that. Um, you can download um, iHeartRadio and along with other apps that I mentioned onto your iPhones, your Android phones, along with fancy iPads and, of course, Android tablets as well. And, of course, last but not least, Make sure you grab that subscribe button for me on the YouTube channel, G Money Stacks 555, where you see all the New York episodes on there. Um, of course, tap, click on that no need, no need bell so you can be reminded when the show goes in the every live stream. Leave a like and a comment along with the episodes and topics that's being discussed in case you um, like the topics and all the other stuff and of course be sure to stay tuned for more video content upcoming episodes previous episodes in case you miss any of them every, every single one of them is already uploaded and and posted to the youtube channel page as well as the audio streaming platforms as well and of course be sure to share the episodes share the videos download these episodes very important be sure to tell a friend to another friend spread the word word of mouth is important and of course be sure to be sure to share the podcast and the link that says link tree slash g money stacks 555 with your husbands your your wives your boyfriends your girlfriends your friends the, the people you are cool with from work and everywhere else where you meet them for the first time whether it's at parties or wherever you meet people, you know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, it's gonna do it for me, man. I'm G Money Stacks, aka the Greginator. Thank you very much for listening and tuning in and hanging out with me and rocking with me on the 204th episode titled Game Time. Um, and of course, obviously, everybody knows me as Greg, of course, which is what G Money Stacks stands for. So, there you have it right there, and of course, um. And of course, let me just say, um, remember the grind doesn't stop. Hard work pays off. If you want something, you gotta work hard and you have to earn it. And for the most part, most importantly, be confident in your craft in terms of whether you are um, whether you are trying to um, be creative in producing episodes of, you know, um, podcast shows, TV shows, wherever, and all that other stuff. And, you know, by the way, I actually I actually found out that Spotify has a feature where you can actually feature your YouTube um, videos onto the platform. And I've seen two podcasters that actually did this already. Um, one of them is from the, the Chronicles of the Chronicles of a Black Sheep podcast. And the other one is from um, Higher Learning Podcast with, with Van Lathan and Rachel Lindsay. I actually saw that and I was actually, you know, blown away, actually. 
But the thing is, I'm not too. Here's the thing. I'm I'm not really the typical person who wants to put videos on Spotify because number one, I'm more of a YouTuber guy than 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 you know uh, putting videos on a Spotify platform, which I'm not gonna really do because that's not gonna be easy to do. So you know what I'm saying. Um, and yes, and yes, find something. It makes you smile mentally, physically, and spiritually. Very important to your well-being and the sake of your mental health because mental health matters. And that's why sometimes I do um, mental health check-ins, which is one of my segments. Um, I will do the mental health check-in segment in a future episode or upcoming episodes depending on how I feel. Um, and of course, and of course, um, look for something that clicks to you and gets you into your zone on your P's and Q's, creatively speaking. Alongside with having some tunnel vision, finding your voice and being confident um, behind behind what you're creating, whether it's a whether it's a vlog, whether it's behind the microphone recording um an episode of your podcast, of course. And of course, don't let anybody, don't let anybody um do that. Don't let anybody discourage you into 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 quitting what you're trying to do and and commit to. And by the way, don't let anybody discourage you to not vote, which by the way, um, it's going to be closing around nine o'clock in case you in case you didn't know today's election day. Make sure you go vote. And of course, and of course, um, be sure to, um, to stick around next time in the next episode. Um, there's gonna be some more new topics and all that great stuff whatsoever. So stay liquid, take care of one another, and and of course, be careful out there. I know this has been kind of crazy with all these subway crimes and shit. Um, and, you know, take care of one another and be safe out there. Um, I'll see y'all next time in the next episode. Most importantly, I'm going to be confident in what I do. And... And you know the rest. Let me take a look at let me take a look at um something real quick, man. Hold on. Hold on a second. Yes. Um, who is this? Wait a minute, who is this? Have a good time. Find your love. Yes. Yes, I appreciate that, man. Um, who is this? Six nine triple X site. Yeah, thank you for that, man. Thank you for that. Thank you for that right there. Um, so yeah. Um, all right, I'm out of here. I'm off this shit. I'll see y'all next time. Peace and one love. Stay liquid. And have yourselves a good night. And vote.
Listen, folks, if you like what you heard, I need your help on a couple things. If you like to support Off the Meat Rack Chains New York podcast, you can show some love by following the show on Facebook and Instagram with the same name at Off the Meat Rack Chains NY Podcast. O F F T H E M E A T R A C K C H A I N Z N Y P O D C A S T. Alongside with my primary Instagram handle, G Money Stacks 555 in Queens, New York. And go to the YouTube channel, G Money Stacks 555. Be sure to click the subscribe button. Grab the notification bell so you can be reminded on when the show goes in the air live via live stream. More video content, upcoming episodes, previous episodes that will automatically be posted after the recordings. Like, comment on the episodes with the topics, share the videos, download your favorite episodes, rate, spread the word to a friend, to other individuals. Please be sure to share the podcast with audio streaming choices to your friends. The audio streaming services includes Anchor, Audio Burst, Breaker, Deezer, Listen Notes, Player FM, Pocket Cast, Podbay, Podfriend, Podcast Addict, Podorama, Podchaser, Reason FM, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, and YouTube. I'm G Money Stacks, and thank you, listeners and watchers, for tuning into the podcast. One love.